Well, I want you to grab your Bibles, turn with me to John 14 and verse 1, and I'll start reading from there. Uh, and I will tell you that we have been in this series called Wonderful. I was talking about, to the best of our knowledge, theologically, what is the activity of heaven right now, even with those who have gone before us that love Jesus, what's happening to them now? If the Lord should tarry and not return and take us in the rapture of the church, what will it be for you when you enter his presence? And then we talked about permanent heaven. How many are looking forward to all that? Amen? Oh, I can't wait. I get in this more and more and more and I get more excited. I just, I just keep asking the Lord, please hurry. We just want to see you. We want to see you. We really want to see you. And it's been a great journey. And of course, Pastor Kerry and I have taught on the book of Revelation, the overview to the best of what we see, the clearest picture of things to come. Because John on the Isle of Patmos, he received those, not only of what heaven looked like and the permanent heaven, the new heaven and earth, but what were things to come and transpire. And I'm going to tell you, as a believer, your peace should be greater while the world is spinning in chaos and uncertainty. Yours should be greater. In fact, it will be attractive as we come closer to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love talking about heaven. It's wonderful. In fact, I love what Jesus said in John 14, verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for all of you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. This is the word of the Lord. Can somebody give praise over that? And I love talking about that wonderful. How have you been enjoying that wonderful? Oh, listen to the whole series. What's happening in heaven? What's going on? What's going to happen in the permanent? When is, what are things looking like? How I get more excited. In fact, I pray more for people and want to win more people to Jesus Christ because it is a wonderful place. How many believe heaven's the most wonderful place that God could ever create and prepare for us? And I love talking about wonderful. I'm a very positive pastor. I love talking about wonderful. But I would not be a pastor that is worthy of the calling if I didn't also talk about what is awful. Because there is an awful of a reality of hell. You can't just talk everybody gets in and talk about heaven. That's wonderful. You have to talk about what Jesus talked about, what was awful. But I don't like residing on awful. I, I, I love wonderful. I'm, listen, I'm a smart man. I think I want awful. I want wonderful over awful any day. Amen? But today, I just the more I talk about this and I think about this, I have discovered that there is something more wonderful than heaven and more awful than going to hell. You say, well, that's, uh, hell's going to be awful, Pastor. I will talk about it today. I'll talk about what Jesus talked about. We don't talk about it enough in church. 
But there's something worse. There's something more awful than hell than going there. And you go, well, well you just can't top anything in heaven, Pastor. I, I think there might be something just a little more wonderful than heaven. How I many know heaven is real? And so is the reality of a judgment of hell. It is very real. I know people, I, I, you know, John Lennon, you know, his song that he recorded in the 1970s, you remember it? Everybody went gaga over it. It was the theme of the opening theme song of the 2020 Winter Olympics. Because everybody likes it because it's real touchy-feely. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us on the sky. You want to sing it, but you don't act like you're not saved, right? You know, that's right. You want to sing it, but you don't act like you're not saved. Nice melody. I got a remember, he could God, you know, he got a nice melody there. Horrible theology, but nice melody. And a horrible reality. Great melody. Wonderful. I'll give you that. But it's the worst thing you could tell anybody. When you look in the Word of God, when you see the writer of Hebrews 9.27, he makes it very clear to Sam Reifkogel. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes what, everybody? Judgment. It is real. I, I, Pastor Sam Reifkogel will be judged for everything I do. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I hope you're all there at the judgment seat of Christ. We'll talk more about that. I hope you're all there. It's nothing to, it's nothing to fear. It's, it's what I look forward to. I will be judged for everything that I've done. So will you. The one I don't want to be is the great white throne judgment, but every person will stand before God. People say, all religions will get you to God. You better believe it. I can stand by that. Every religion will get you before God. But there's only one name. And there's only one faith that you can enter eternity into his presence for eternity. There's only one. But we will all stand before God. You can promise you that. And I just want to tell you something. The more I talk about wonderful, I can't stop thinking about wonderful. I, keep, I just tell you, I get so excited about heaven. I probably, I don't know what I, you know, people say you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. I hope I don't get there. But I think the more heavenly minded I become, the more earthly in my purpose, I'm discovering what I'm doing and what it counts. And the greater joy I have of what he's prepared for me in the midst of the most difficult things that you could ever see. So today I'm going to talk to you about some awful, but I also want to talk to you about the wonderful because I just can't leave you with awful. I'm looking to wonderful. How many of you don't mind talking about wonderful if we do have to talk about awful? So I want to tell you, there's something more wonderful than heaven and I will have to talk to you about what's more awful than hell. Because there is, and there's something more wonderful than heaven. So, first of all, you say, Pastor, what, 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 what could be so wonderful about heaven? Because, first of all, Jesus said to us, heaven is a place prepared. It's coming, folks. It's prepared. He's getting it ready. That's what he said. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about me. Amen. He's got a place prepared for me. So listen, I, I know there are people that out there want to talk that it's some false utopia, it's symbolic and it's imagination, it's some kind of new age cycle babble. Not the apostle John while he was exiled on the Isle of Patmos on the Lord's day and all of a sudden the spirit of the Lord came to him and Jesus began to reveal to him 
And he began to show him the things to come. And he saw, he saw that place prepared. It was not false. It was not phony. It was not made up. He was there. John in Revelation 21.10 says, So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper, as clear as crystal. Can I tell you, when you get really, when you start getting really uh, resenting the home you're in and it's not good enough for your apartment and you've been watching too many hours of House Hunter and, and, and you just, and you, you, it breeds discontent in what God has currently give you. Would you just go over to the book of Revelation and just figure out what he has prepared for you and you'll be able to live in what you got just fine. He saw it and he even measured. He said, the angel measured. I watched him measure. It was a city that was 1,400 miles high in its width, its breadth, its length, it, everything. 1,400 miles square. Friends, can you understand that? That's like going all the way from Wichita, Kansas, all the way to the California. Can you see that? How big it is? 1,400 miles. And then he describes it. Look, look what he says. Look what he said. I saw this. It's clear as day. I saw it. Revelation 21 and verse 18, he says, uh, he said, the walls were made of jasper. The city was pure gold, as clear as glass. He's trying to put words into the best he can, and he's not getting there. As clear as glass. The walls of the city was built on foundation stones. Just the stones, 1,400 miles. Think about this. Inlaid with 12 precious stones. The first was jasper. The second, sapphire. The third, agate. The fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. Look at this. The twelve gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl. Now I love oysters on a half shell. But that one, I don't think I could choke down, everybody. I'm just telling you, I couldn't do it. Each gate was a single pearl, and the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. So listen, when you really get frustrated with life, you need to start hearing about what he has for you for eternity. Because I'm here to tell you something. I know some of you older folks, you love Hank Williams when he used to sing that song. You remember that? I mean, go look back in the 50s. Or Lord, build me a cabin in the corner of glory. Forget you, Hank Williams. I am not going to settle for a cabin in the corner of glory land. What I'm here to tell you is that what he has prepared for you for eternity is a place that your human intellect and human vocabulary cannot even describe. What he has prepared for every one of you will make the mansions of Beverly Hills look like a thatch hut compared to what he has designed for you. Are you understanding he is preparing something for you for eternity. And when you get into that place and you go, God, I, I, I knew it was coming, but not this. I will tell you that once you step into it, there's something more wonderful than that. But equally as heaven is prepared, Hell is also a place that is prepared. 
It's ready. It's happening. It's real. It's now. And you need to understand that Jesus Christ did not originally design hell for the humanity that he created in his image. It was originally designed for the created beings of angels, Lucifer, and those that rejected his lordship in rebellion. But Satan in his deception is so angry, he will blaspheme everything God has and destroy everything that reminds him of the image of God. So when you woke up this morning, even with your bad hair day, you make Satan tremble because you remind him because you are an image bearer of God Almighty. Even with your wrinkles, everything you are the image bearer of God Almighty. So don't trash yourself and don't demean yourself and don't let Satan use you as a floor mat for his dirty laundry and his sin. You are created in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. You threaten him every time he sees a human being. So he must destroy it. He must turn it to rebellion. And hell was prepared for him. But Satan in his quest turns the heart of men and women away from God. You say, well, I don't believe there is a hell. Well, let me tell you, Jesus Christ said more about hell than anyone else, even the Southern Baptist. He said more about it than anybody. So if you got a problem, take it up with him. He did. Matthew 10, 28, read it there. Mark chapter 9, verse 43 through 44. Jesus was very descript in his identification of the things that would occur and are like in heaven. He was very clear in Matthew 13, 42. He says, they will throw them. Speaking of those, even Satan himself, the, rebellion, the ones that rebel, reject him and do not claim him as Lord and Savior. They will throw them into the fiery, fiery furnace where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And it is in total outer darkness we can't adequately describe heaven and we cannot adequately describe hell. But Jesus in no uncertain terms described what hell's like. I know that some liberal theologians would love to sit there and water it down and say these are merely symbols and not realities. I like something R.C. Sproul said in his book Essential Truths for Christian Faith. If you want to go find it, it's on page 286. He said, if these things are indeed symbols, then we must conclude that the reality is worse than the symbol suggests. The function of symbols is to point beyond themselves to a higher, more intense state of actuality than the symbol itself can contain. That Jesus used the most awful symbols imaginable to describe hell is no comfort to those who see them simply as symbols. I know that there are some saying, well, maybe he's a God of all love. He's a God of all love. He's a God of love. So God can never be angry and God can never have wrath, nor can God ever bring that kind of judgment on those who resist him, reject his lordship, his sacrifice on the cross. There is no way because he's a God of love. And if he's all God of love, then he can have no wrath or judgment. Can I just tell you as a pastor, I would love to not believe in hell. If I could find a scriptural loophole, I would take it gladly. I would search it, and I would tell you about it, and I would convince myself. If there was one, I'm going to tell you, I would not want to believe in hell. If all the things that were taught out of the Word of God and taught from Jesus Christ himself. But I'm going to tell you, Scripture and Jesus Christ were very, very 
clear because I am looking for a loophole myself. But I can't because it's just not there. It's just not there. In fact, why would God, well, how can a loving God have judgment and wrath upon Satan and even those who rebel and turn? And why, why, why would we do that? Let me just put something in front of you. If I don't believe in a God, and if you don't believe in a God that will bring justice and judgment, if you don't believe that in this present world, even as an atheist, let me tell you what will happen. Since you know there will be no justice and judgment that God will carry out, you yourself will take up that wrath and judgment, justice and judgment and inflict it yourself upon people. Because you don't believe there ever will be one. Therefore, you must inflict it. Think about that for a moment. Think about that for a moment. People say there's just no way that there could be this kind of a judgment of a hell because God is all love. I like something that Tim Keller said in his book, Reason for God, the late Tim, Pastor Tim Keller. I love what he said. He says, all loving people are sometimes filled with wrath. Not just despite of, but because of their love. In fact, you can't have judgment and justice Because it has to be there because love is there. So what do you mean? The Bible reveals to us that God is both the God of unconditional love and the God of justice that will bring judgment on those who reject his lordship, who reject him as Savior and Lord. In fact, if you love someone so much that you see them ruining another person... <laughs> What will you do? You will get angry. Can, you tell, can I tell you the reason why GoServe is also there? The reason why we give to GR1 Global to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to feed kids, to give fresh water? Can I tell you the reason why? Because I don't like how the enemy has taken and harmed the very creative things that are in the image of God. Therefore, I, with my anger, will give what I have, preach what I have, witness what I have, because I will not see someone destroyed. It's not because I need an appeal letter with bloated bellies and flies coming out of an envelope before I write a check. It's because I see the image bearers of God being abused by the outcome of the sin and the disobedience of mankind. You cannot sit back. In fact, some of you get involved in things because there's an anger that rises up in you because you want to see things done right. Nor can I watch someone do that to someone else nor when they do it to themselves. You want to stand in the way. That's where your judgment comes in. You just don't. Sometimes, you're the, sometimes the punishment that you must inflict to your child is done out of this deep heart of love. You remember how your parents, they'd spank you and say, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to. And I wanted to say, please don't hurt yourself. Don't, don't hurt yourself. You see, people want to escape this, but you cannot escape this. He's a God of love, and love requires judgment and justice upon those very ones who others are inflicting upon. You must stand in the way. Do you think that Rembrandt, do you think Rembrandt, if he just got done painting the standard, and now the standard just, I mean, it's sold. The last price they got for it was $198 million for that painting. 198 million. 
Don't you wish you'd listen to your mama when she told you to go to art class? You could have become something, man. You could have, you could have helped this church out. No. 109, just for that one painting he did. Do you think that the moment the creator, Rembrandt, God gave that to him in his mind and he started painting and he stewarded his talents for God, do you think the moment that he got done with that and then all of a sudden someone comes with a knife and begins to say, I don't like the way it looks, it really doesn't depict that person and starts slicing it up, do you think Rembrandt, the creator of that, will simply sit back because he's a man of love and say, you go right ahead. You know, I kind of agree with you. Do you think he will do that? The creator will not stand back, but he will defend it. He will fight for it. He will do every, whatever it takes because he loves so much that there must be a wrath and judgment involved. Are you understanding what I'm talking about here? Because in that love must also come justice and judgment. Hmm. Furthermore, can I take it a step further? If you love someone and you see they are in danger and you really love them, what would you do? You will step in the way yourself of danger to save their life and protect them. And this is what Jesus Christ did for you, young man. You, sir. Madam, this is what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross to give you the opportunity of eternal life. He stepped in the way, not just that there must be judgment, but there is no way they can ever get salvation and eternal life by themselves. Therefore, I will take the punishment myself so that they can walk in eternal life if they will certainly believe and follow me. How many thank God for how much he actually really loves you? Yet many people reject that. I can preach this and then just walk out, bold face and walk out. Go over and go just get off the just get off this and go listen to a positive speech on a podcast because you don't like what I'm saying. Yet Jesus said in John 3:18, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in me. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, Jesus Christ himself, for their actions were full of evil. Friends, I'm going to tell you just as much as heaven is a wonderful place prepared for you, hell is an awful place that is prepared for people who say, I don't need him. But once they arrive, I promise you there's something more awful than that. More awful than that. Heaven, how many of you ready to talk about heaven again? I want to talk about heaven. I love heaven because you know what? Heaven is going to be a place of great reunion, everyone. You talk about a blast. I cannot wait for 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend with a sh from heaven with a shout and with the trump of God. Come on, the voice of an archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Can somebody give God praise for that moment? I cannot wait for the reunion, y'all. I cannot wait for the reunion. Some of y'all looking forward to Thanksgiving. 
You just can't wait to see some of those cousins. Some of you, on the other hand, have others. Never mind. You don't know how they got in the gene pool. But I'm going to tell you something when we get to heaven. Can you imagine the reunion we're going to have? I mean, I just, I do. I, in my mind, I'm sorry, but I, I do think about what it's going to be like to see Sarah again. I really do. I think about it all the time. What's going to be like? And I know her personality. I know who she is. I just know. I, I just know. I mean, she goes, Dad, Dad, look at this. Look at what I wrote. Look at what I wrote. Dad, you're not going to believe who helped me on the lyrics. Dad, I went to King David. Help me with the lyrics, Dad. Help me with the lyrics. Dad, you should hear the chords we got out of this. Dad, 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 no, 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 Dad, Dad, you got to go meet the Apostle Paul. I'm going to tell you, that one stuff you preached, you had it right, Dad. This other one, eh, a little off, Dad. But Dad, you got to, you got to, Dad, Dad, you got to see this. I, I can see it. I get to see, you, you and I, we get to sit with all of our family and rejoice. We get to meet people in the body of Christ whenever, and it's for eternity, friends. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when we get to see our family members? I get to see your mom. You get to see your mom. You get to see your dad, Brenda. I get to see my mom, my dad. my bro I get to see all of those who love Jesus Christ. I get to see some of my family members who were in Indonesia that turned away from paganism, gave their life to Jesus. I never met them, but they gave their heart to Christ. I get to see them in heaven. Oh, church, it is going to be a place of the greatest reunion you could ever imagine. I'm telling you. But when we're done having a blast with them, there's something more wonderful than that. You get on hell's flip side. Hell will not be a place of a great reunion. It'll be a place of undesirables. It will be. And here's what Revelation 22:15 15, he said. He said, talking about hell, that outer darkness, that place. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arch. The sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Everybody needs to let that sink in for a minute. Hell will be people who in their quest to do only what they wanted for themselves, they will be the unrepentant, rebellious, I don't need God. The unrepentant, the Adolf Hitlers of the world, the Charles Mansons of the world that still smile as they talk about what they did. The rapist, the unrepentant child molester, every one of them will be there. Those will be the residents of heaven. And here's the saddest thing. In our minds, we think, yes, absolutely. But what's so frightened to me is that there will be Joe the plumber who said, I don't need God. It'll be the housewife who took meticulous care of her own home, but never her own soul. It will be the businessman who said, I never, had an op I never got around to it. There were too many other things that were more important in my life. It will be the teenager who says, I got plenty of time. I'm young. I don't need to think about that. I got plenty of time. And we can all say, yeah, I can understand the sadistic killer, the most unrepentant, the most vile person I can see there. But let me tell you what's going to be. There will be preachers there. There will be pastors there. People who had the ability to raise the dead will be there. There will be people who even had the ability to call you out, read your mail, and no one told them anything, and they can prophesy over you. How do we know it? Because Jesus Christ said it out of his own mouth. Matthew 7, 22, not Sam Reifkogel, not the Assemblies of God, not the Christian Forum, this is Jesus Christ. 
He said, on that very day of that judgment, he says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do the will of God, just simply want to do the will of God. And then he declared in verse 22, he said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. We think because God gives someone an ability to preach or do signs and wonders, that that person, they themselves, can even be caught in unrepentant sin because they still see God using their talent, their skill, their ability to prophesy or even to preach. This is my greatest concern for your pastor. I'm held by the same standard that Jesus Christ said, is that you could so move a crowd, so prophesy, so be prophetic, even raise the dead yourself with miracles, and you think God, God excuses you because he uses you. So you pray for your pastors, you pray for us, you pray for us that hold and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we will truly do the will of God. But those will be the residents. That's who's going to be there. That's horrible, Pastor. But I'm telling you, there's something more awful than that. I'm ready to get back to heaven because that's where I, you know your pastor. Heaven, my friends, is going to be a place of no more tears. I've cried way too much. I've wept a lot. I wept a lot. As long as I guess I'm on this earth, I guess all of us will be doing a little bit of that, aren't we? But Revelation 21, 4, are you ready for this? And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, there will be no more pain, for all the former things have passed away. Oh, no more crying over the pain in your body. You'll have a new body, a new heaven, a new earth. No more, no more having to gripe over blowing leaves out of your yard and blowing them in your neighbor's yard. No more falling leaves. Can you believe it, folks? It's going to be a place of no more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow. Friends, you ought to get a little bit excited about heaven. You know what? You just think about it. I don't have to do this. No more funerals for us to do. No more tombs. No more troubles. No more births. No more burials. No more grief. No more graves. Think about it. No more pain. No more problems. No ambulance. You don't want to be a paramedic. No more ambulance. Oh, maybe you do. No more ambulances. No more hospitals. Because there's going to be no more sickness there ever again. No more orphanages because Jesus Christ, God the Father, will be the father of every last one of us. I'm looking forward to that place. I'm telling you, I'm ready for that city that he's prepared, that new Jerusalem. We're talking about a place, friends. Come on, we're going there. We're headed there where the book of life is the city directory. My name is in there, and they spelled Rife Kogel right. I just want you to know that. Amen. And if your name is there, you are a resident of that city, and you are my neighbor. Come on. I'm talking about a place where every step is going to be a thrill. Every day is going to be a rapture. Every moment's going to be a jubilee. Every meal is going to be a banquet. I'm talking about a city whose maker is God and Jesus the Lamb. 
lamb will be the light of that city. I am talking about a place whose builder and maker is God, and he's prepared it just for you. No more tears. No more sorrow. I'm ready for that day. But after he wipes away all your tears, there's going to be something more wonderful than that. Hell, on the other hand, let's talk. We've got to talk about awful. It will be a place of weeping. Jesus described it very well. Revelation 14, 11 described it. It says, and the smoke of their torment rises, the torment, the torment rises forever and ever, and there is no rest. There is no rest. There is no rest, day or night. Jesus' sternest warning was in Mark 9, 44. He says, it's a place where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. It's a place that means if the worm does die, people will beg to die, but no one will die. This is for eternity, forever and ever and ever. And the worst part of that, friends, is the separation. Think about that. You'll have the separation for family. It's interesting when Jesus began to talk about the rich man and Lazarus, and the rich man went to the place of torment, and Lazarus was there, that place of paradise with Abram. You remember that story. He could see them. He could see them. I truly wonder, is there a place where they will sit there in all of that torment and begin to see the joy that has awaited every believer in that place for eternity? And they have to sit in that anguish, that absolute separation, and see it for eternity, forever and ever and ever and ever. And the worst part, friends, is the separation from God. There are people who may deny God, hate God, be God-haters, don't even care about God. You may be an atheist, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to discover what it really means to be separated from God. Because whether you like it or not, you are encountering God all day long, every second of your life, and you are experiencing his attributes, and that will be gone. I like what Paul said. Paul said this in Romans 1.20. He said, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities his eternal power, the divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Are you hearing this? It's total separation. You enjoy the beautiful sunset as you drink your cup of coffee, but you don't even realize the glory of God is radiating through that sunshine. And as you see the trees turn its colors, the glory of God is radiating. You may even hate God, but when you're laughing with your friends, the joy of the Lord, the attributes of God are coming through. As you watch your new grandson born and your grandchild, you held it and cradled it, but still don't believe in God, the glory of God would display everywhere you go, the air you breathe, the light you see, everything is displaying the glory of God, but you don't believe it is God. But on that day, there's absolute separation from all of those things because God was in all of that, and God will finally give a person exactly what they want. Absolute separation from life itself and God itself for eternity. And all they become is more and more of what they were. Notice that Lazarus was called by his name, but the rich man was not. Whatever you lived for, that's your identity. Forever. Pastor, there can be anything more awful. There is something more awful than that. Well, you say, Pastor, I know what it is. Heaven will be heaven because Jesus will be there. <laughs> oh, 
can we talk about Revelation 5.13 and every, watch this, and every creative thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard saying everything, everything, you ready? To him who sits on the throne, to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Can somebody give God praise? Oh, and I see him. When I see him, when we sang those songs today, I can't give up on him. He saved me. No matter what I lose or what I gain, he saved me. I cannot give up on him. Look where I am today. He saved you. Oh, I know I want to see, we want to see our little girl so bad, but I think what's going to happen, the first thing is I'm going to say, Sarah, good to see you, but I got to wait a minute. I, I'm running, I got, there's something that I got to go to, and I'm going to see this light, and it's not going to be, it's going to be the lamb. Um, so you tell Grandma Jan, I'll be there a little later. I, I know she's upset. She was always upset at me, but I'm running toward that light. I'm running toward that light. You tell Dad I hadn't seen him since I was 12 years old when he was killed in that car accident, but I'm running toward that. You tell Uncle Al I'll be there later. You tell Papa that we'll be there later. You tell Grammy will be there later, but I'm running to that light because there's one where every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is the Lord, and even Satan himself will have to bow and admit that truth, friends, on that glorious day. will have to admit on that day he is the Lord. Jesus, pastor, what could be more wonderful than that? I submit there may be something a little more wonderful for me. I really do. I'm so, Jesus is gonna be the light. He'll be the whole purpose for my praise. But there's something that's gonna make it just a little bit more wonderful for me. It's when I see the splendor of all that was prepared, and I have this for eternity, and I look over to my right, and I see Brenda Reifkogel standing there. And I think, God, with all my shortcomings in my own self, there was something about you that emanated from me that somehow said she wanted more of him. And she's there. And then I look over, and I see our precious daughter there. She just says, Dad, thanks for living it. Just thanks for living it. That'll make it better for me. And then when I see my son there, Dad, thanks for living it. That's going to make it more wonderful for me. And then I see my grandson Abraham. Grandpa, Grandma Sam. That's what we do. I always go, it's Abraham. And he'll go, Grandpa Sam. That's what he said. He said, Grandpa, thanks. Sage, go, Grandpa, thanks. Thanks for just living it the best you could, serving God. I don't know if there'll be more grandkids. Just y'all be praying. <laughs> and then I see y'all here. I see my pastors there. I see y'all here. Everything we ever did to raise up college students, 
President Trent, JP, Dr. Brian, everything we did because we believed in this. And people we'd never met said, thank you. I'm just going to tell you, what will make it more wonderful is if you take somebody with you by the influence of your life. I promise you, it'll make it great. Make it great. And what could be worse than hell is to have known the links that God went through to save you and to love you. Only for you to have known the truth and rejected boldface his lordship over your life. And you fought your way to get to hell because there were so many things, even nature itself, that displayed his glory. You said, nature itself? Yeah. Do you know how my mom got saved? Do you know what got her in the quest to come to the Lord? While she was bound in Buddhism, her own dad practiced black magic, would keep dirt out of the mouth of a corpse given to him by a witch doctor. Do you know how she found the Lord, how it all started? She said, I remember the day I was walking and I saw things happening in my family and I looked up into the stars, nature itself, and something spoke to me and said, Jan, there is something more powerful than that image that you worship every day. And she said, it put me in my pursuit. Even nature itself displays his glory. I'm so glad my mom said yes. I'm so glad she said yes. Man, I'm glad. There's not one thing God has asked of me that has not been worth it. You know what it's going to be, folks? Eternity, sir. I don't think we're thinking about eternity enough. I think we're thinking about time too much. But let me show you the best of my ability. What eternity is really like. It'd be like this rope right here. This is eternity. This is your life. Sir, teenager, look at me. This is your life. This is the existence of your life. Right here. That is eternity. This part right here is your time on this planet. Mary Klosterman, she turned 100 years old. You remember when we celebrated Mary? <clears throat> I was at Mary's funeral. John, Pastor John Hanson, thank you. You did an amazing job at her home going. She turned 100 years old. That's Mary. That's 100 years here on this planet. This rope, that's her eternity. But I just don't think some of you are thinking about it because you're making decisions. You're making decisions based on this little red piece. Even if you were like Mary, you lived 100 years. All your decisions, and you're not making your decisions based on this. And you're really missing it. You think I'm crazy. You think I'm insane for what I preach. You can walk out on me. 
But I'm telling you, I'm not basing what happens to me in this. I am basing my decisions on this. So you think real good when you make your decision. You say, well, how long is eternity? Well, let me try to describe and show you what eternity is. This is your life. That's it. I don't know how long it's got me. God will have me here. Right now, that's years old. That's what that is. And my decisions I make affect this. But I don't think you're really thinking, well, I got to have what I want. You know, I, got, I, got, I want to do it. It's my body. I own it. I, 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 I want to do what I want. But you're basing your life and your decisions on that without any of this. And then once you get what you want, it never satisfies in this world. But only when you follow Jesus, this eternity is what satisfies. And this is eternity. Do you think it's just now? I'm gonna stay mad, I'm gonna stay angry, because I'm gonna get my way, they did me wrong. That's this right here. But you're not thinking about this here. This is eternity. I was going to ask that lady how old she was, but you never ask a lady how old she is. That's it. That's this planet. That's it. That's it. So what decisions are you making that will make it hell or heaven in this? When I started thinking about this, The way I treat people or the way people treat me, I know what eternity is going to be with the decision I make. Because this is going to affect this. But I got to have what I want. The way I treat my time. Church is not some obligation for me that I just got to get through and I hope they get done by 1130. I got eternity with Jesus. If I can't take 1130, I can't take eternity with him. That's your life. So what will this, what's this going to be? What is this going to be? Where will this be spent? I bet you based on this. Just about the time. Well, it just, it's just taking forever with these kids. Oh, but what's eternity going to be like when they see you, Dad? Thanks, Dad. You worked hard all week. You want to be in the house of God. And your kids are watching you. And your little boy says, I can remember the most peaceful time of my life was with my dad in his arms sitting in a church one time. I can't remember. I think the guy in front of me was holding this rope. And I think he was, I think he was Asian. over my money anymore. We 
got people on this planet fighting for money. Fighting because it's mine. And that's all you get. The rich man in eternity separated. That's eternity. Think about it. Every decision you make is going to determine this. Because we're only living in time. We think this is forever. Some of you are in momentary pain and you have been afflicted pain. And maybe you're getting ready to walk out on God because it didn't turn out the way you thought it should have turned out because I prayed. And if you're not God, then forget it. And, and, but you're looking at this time and walking away. What will this eternity be? This is eternity. This is time. And I'm going to make my decisions to serve the Lord in time. Even when I don't understand, I'm going to follow him. about the time you think well I want to make a decision because I know what I want pull back and think of eternity instead of time and just about the time you think how long is this going to take Lord I got to keep walking this journey you keep following God in time because this is what he has prepared for you in eternity that's what he has and just about the time you think eternity's done? Here comes some more eternity. <laughs> and more eternity. And more eternity. Just about the time you think you've met everybody in heaven, here's more eternity. Just about the time you think you got all the joy, here comes more eternity. And more eternity. And more eternity. And more 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 forever and ever with the Lord in the presence of his holy angels and the saints seeing worthy is the lamb worthy is the lamb worthy church come on let's praise him like it's eternity let's worship him like it's eternity forever and ever and ever I want you to remain standing with me just for three more minutes. I can't even find time. Did anybody see where time went? Oh, there's time. There it is. All the pain. All the discipline you put on yourself to serve God. All the struggle. All the overcoming, all the persevering, all the forgiving, even when people did you wrong and they were even believers. You won't even be able to find time once you're in eternity. You won't even remember the pain once you're there. You won't be able to find it in the pile of eternity. My question to you, sir, based on your current decision, ma'am, 
where will you spend this? That's all my question is. This is no game. Complacent Christian. My friend who rejects God's Lordship over your life. Where will this be? And then you have to listen to every single person forever who found out you knew the truth and they rubbed shoulders with you, but you didn't live or say a thing. Believers, that's why here, I'll preach it, I'll surrender it, I'll live it, I'll give it, I'll do whatever it takes. Because I won't even remember how much I gave when it's covered in time. I won't even remember how many people I had to forgive. intended for us but he himself you father you put on skin walked the sinful earth lived a perfect life and you allowed them to crucify you spit in your face because what was on your mind was this moment right now where this man thinks how in the world could I ever have eternity with him I've done so wrong in time but Father, in time, he said, I can't do anything, but he did it all, and I receive him, and I make him Lord of my life. Father, your great love extends to him eternity with you. And it does it for this dear lady, this teenager, this single person, this business person. So Father, today, I pray that your heart would be revealed to them of how much you want them for eternity. That's how much you love.